What's up, Internet? You're tuned in to episode 33 of the Potscast. I'm your host, Pete and Bessie, joined, as always, by my very good friend, Mr. Stephen Radford. Hi, Pete. And joining us today on the show, DJ The Content Lewis. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the main show, it, DJ. You know, you had me nervous with that intro. That's, wow. Because I'm not used to that on the After Dark. No, no, it's like a whole, <laughs> this show's way more produced. If you guys are not patrons, which you should be, go over to patreon.com slash Uh DJ has been a, he's been a two-time guest yeah. on uh, on After Dark now, um, but this is his first time on the main show, so, you know. Yeah, a lot of you finally probably, get to talk about games. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> you were, you know, we, we, we gave you a test run on the Patreon exclusive show. They're a little more forgiving. We asked you to talk about ones and twos and apples yeah. and pears, cars, all kinds of things. Now you're ready to graduate to Nintendo Switch. Wow. I never thought I'd make it. <laughs> so on this week's show we're talking about the eShop summer sale the switch light and answering your questions let's jump right into it uh with what we've been playing this week so dj since this is your first time on the show why don't we start with you what have you been playing this week on your nintendo switch yeah so i've been obsessed with super mario maker 2 absolutely obsessed yeah it's, uh, it's it's just incredible um i only have like a few gripes with the game um, it's way better than one, I think. Um, but that online, absolutely unplayable, which is unfortunate. Man, like, why why can't Nintendo get it right when it comes <sighs> to online? It's so it's so upsetting. It really is. I, I just hope that, you know, maybe they can fix it somehow. So is this the online multiplayer you're on about, or just online in general? Yeah, online multiplayer, yeah. I should probably, you know, clarify, just because the whole game is kind of online. Sure. Know, with the exception of the story mode and whatever. Maker. Um, but the multiplayer online is just, it's unplayable. I would say like more than half of the matches that I've played, it's just like one frame a second. It's like awful. Yeah. And I mean, I think the other thing, uh, that kind of came up in my like lexicon today about, about the whole online of it all, right. Is that like, I think with those problems acknowledged, the one thing that seems to work about, you know, Maker is, like, obviously the creating and sharing of the levels and stuff. But now there's that story that was just making the rounds on Twitter today um, about how there have been a number of, uh, like, prominent Mario Maker 2 creators and streamers that are getting their levels taken down um, without, like, they're, they're being cited as, like, inappropriate and or harmful content, but, like, no real explanation provided from Nintendo and, like, kind of being threatened that, like, you know... Like, if, if you keep doing this, like, you know, we're going to ban you from making levels. But it's like, how are you supposed to know if you don't, you know, like, if yeah. they're not going to tell you why they took your level down? You know, right? I, for some reason, I remember this happening in Mario Maker 1 as well. It did. Yeah, it was a problem in the original Mario Maker. And I think we were all kind yeah. of hoping that, you know, with the Switch and with what Nintendo mm -hmm. seemingly learned about online, that they would have kind of, you know, you know, would have, like, learned a little bit more since last time. But apparently yeah. apparently not but you know it's so easy to harp on like the negative things and i know that totally totally sucks but the game is a masterpiece I it think. sure is it's a ton of fun <laughs> yeah totally have you been spending most of your time creating levels or playing levels oh playing i haven't even made one course wow okay <laughs> yeah and a that's lot of people as, a lot of people ask you, me then, that Pete. yeah yeah a lot of people say well if you don't like making levels will you like mario maker in general whether it's one or two 
Yes, the answer yeah. is absolutely yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Especially two. I think I think the beauty of of like games that rely heavily or encourage crowdsourced content is that there are some people that want to make levels and there's some people that want to play levels. Mm-hmm. You know, the creators get to create, the players get to play. Yeah, best of both worlds, really is. So, Steve, you haven't spent any more time with Mario Maker since last week. No, me and you have been busy playing something else, Pete. We sure have. I'm so excited we're finally getting to it. Yeah, so uh, I think we've we've talked about it a little bit on the show once or twice, but Steve and I uh, finally sat down to record a couple Dream Daddy Let's Plays this past weekend um, after a ton of technical headaches. Uh, but we had a ton of fun with it as much as we were not super paying attention to the game. <laughs> we're going to try to do better about that in episodes uh, after one and two. But, uh, once, we, once we got into meeting the dads, I think we got more into it. You know, yeah. when we went, when we met Brian in the park with his, with his daughter and the one up, one up in us within the Pokemon battle, I think we got a little bit more yeah. into the game. I didn't want the whole, the first episode to be like nothing but like character creation and like us reading like the first scene, you know? So yeah. it's like, we're kind of trying to move it along and you know, it's when Steve and I get in a room together, it's just too easy for us to chat. So yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. That is true. I can confirm that. <laughs> Honestly, DJ, it got to, there was one time we recorded this time. I think it may have even recorded earlier. And we recorded a main show. Then we did an, I think we did an after dark. And then me and Pete stayed up for like an hour after that, just talking until like, it was like 1 a.m. Just talking about politics and all sorts of stuff. It was absolutely crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's when you know that like the friendship's real. And that's the best content too when it comes to gameplay and stuff. If you actually like each other. Then oh, yes. It's, Steve and it's I are all kindred better. spirits. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. We were born with it, uh, minutes of each other across the minutes. pond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not clear it's, who's older. We're all witnessing something really special here. <laughs> yeah, across, across these 33 episodes. You go back to episode one, we were strangers. You know? <laughs> that's interesting. That, the first episode was literally the first, like the first time I had talked to Steve. Like, no, in- we spoke once before. So, like, we spoke when I I said to I think in the chat to Pixel that I really want to do a podcast. In my opening email when I applied for to the site, I was like, oh, I really want to do a podcast, and you know, I linked to some stuff I'd done before. And then I got speaking to you, and you were like, yeah, yeah, I really want to do a podcast as well. Like, I think it'd be really good. So me and you had like a quick like ten minute call just to hash oh, out yeah. what the format what the format of the we show did. would be. And then we presented it to Pixel. I was, was thinking like, that yeah, was that's, all that's on fine. Slack. He was like, yeah. yeah, that's fine as long as I don't have to present it. And then we started <laughs> doing the show. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, it's crazy. That feels so long ago now. Wow. Yeah, I mean Throwback. it's coming up it's coming up to a year. You know? Yeah. Yeah, on episode thirty three, and on the on the subject of episode thirty three, the last episode we thought was episode thirty three, and then when I was uploading, it, I realized it was episode thirty two. Oh um, shit! So I called it episode thirty three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is the second episode thirty three. Perfect, beautiful. So Good much work, more everybody. production goes into this show. <laughs> <laughs> if if you noticed. Uh, tweet us, tweet, tweet us at Loopots on Twitter, and, and let us know that you noticed that the episode number was wrong. Now everyone's <laughs> gonna let us know, but yeah, I, I <laughs> wonder if like, anyone oh, yeah, did. I noticed. I noticed. Some, someone out there is bound to have noticed. <laughs> but yeah, when can people expect to see the pots plays of Dream Daddy? Uh, so I think we're 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 talking about doing one a week at least for now. Yeah. Um, so you can expect the first one 
uh, to be uh, up this next week. I haven't decided which day we're going to post it yet, just because you know, I want to like see where it fits in our schedule a little bit. But you can absolutely expect episode one to be hitting uh, hitting your feed next week. So you're going to want to head over to our YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash lootpots, and hit that subscribe button, click the notification bell, and you'll know when the video goes live. And let us know what you think about it. Give us your feedback because, like, obviously Let's Plays are a new thing for us. We definitely want to do more of them. Um, but we're super open to feedback in terms of format and, like, you know, do you want it to be more conversational? Do you want it to be more, like, cut up hot clips kind of stuff? Like, let us know what you're, what you're looking for out of those Let's Plays and we'll do our best to oblige. And let everybody know that you want to see DJ on the playthrough as well. <laughs> Yo, Just DJ, that out there. you live close to me that you're going to have to come and do some, we, we can do some in-person Let's Plays. It's going to be electric. Yes, I want to yes. see the new Trackbox party pack. Let's play. You you two. Yo. Grab a couple of others. Grab Mike from the site. Yeah. I mean, can we get mm -hmm. Danny over here too? Get Danny oh, over. Shit. Oh my yes. gosh. That would be crazy. Yes. That would be Yo, crazy. That would be lit. Let's get it going. Let's do it, man. <laughs> oh my God. Yo, I'm, I'm so excited. Now. That's That's going to be fun. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the news, uh, let me just get through our uh, our plugs real quick here. If this is your first time joining us, we'd really appreciate it if you guys would uh, give us a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on right now. Uh, and while you're at it, give us a like on your plot podcast platform of choice. Um, you can also hit us up over at youtube.com slash lootpots and check out Pixel's brand new Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 trailer analysis video. Uh, it is 47 minutes of hard labor that he put into this thing uh so go check it out um that's also where you can catch our uh, upcoming dream daddy let's play that we mentioned earlier so make sure you go subscribe and click that notification bell uh you can also follow us over on twitch.tv slash where we have been streaming off and on uh over the last couple months uh but we're working on getting a, a more regular streaming schedule going so you can keep your eyes open for that one as well uh, and then make sure you hit us up at LootPots over on Twitter and uh, visit us at LootPots.com. Check out some of our awesome news, uh, reviews, all that kind of stuff. You know what we do here. Uh, all right. So the last plug that I have to get in here is that if you want to reach out to us here uh, at the podcast and let us know um, – you know, what you're thinking about the show or sending your questions, any of that kind of stuff, you can hit me up at Pete at Lupots.com and uh, send your thoughts into the mailbag. Just like uh, Brendan, I'm not going to say his last name because I don't, you know, I, he didn't tell me to do that. So he just signed it Brendan Potshead. So uh, Brendan uh, sent us a bit of a novel. He gave me a too long, didn't read. Uh, he, uh, so he called it a T-L-D-W-T-R-T-W-T-O-T-P. Too long, didn't want to read the whole thing on the podcast. But he did preface <laughs> his email with a longtime listener, first-time writer, right? So I, I – I've seen Brendan in our in our Discord, which you should also go check out. Um, go join, meet other cool Nintendo fans uh, like yourself. So since it's his first time, I'm going to give him the one long email. You know, now that I'm running the mailbag, I get to do this kind of stuff. I can't, I can't believe we managed to get you running the mailbag. I think we're going to find out how bad of an idea that was at some point. <laughs> Why? Because I'm going to give a voice to the people? <laughs> Is that what you're saying? You don't want to hear from our listeners, Steve? <laughs> you would silence them just like Pixel, huh? Uh, all right. So let's let's. Uh, so here's Brendan's email. 
Hey, fellas, long-time listener, first-time writer. Real quick, need to get this out of the way, but Pete's laugh brings a lot of joy to my life, and when I'm trying to explain something to friends, I mentally picture, picture Steve's voice saying it, and Pixel is okay, too. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Brendan, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's hilarious, Brendan. Uh, so I've listened to your Pokemon debacle in the last podcast, and I gotta say my piece on it. Brace yourself, I guess. I'm probably one of the most affected Pokemon fans by the latest Game Freak decisions because I brought my first Pokemon, a Swampert, from Pokemon Emerald on the GBA. I was real excited to finally retire my 3DS, but the announcement that my Pokemon will either be held hostage and unplayable in Pokemon Home or suck on my 3DS was obviously very disappointing. But... I'm trying my best to look on the bright side. Sure, the replay value for Sword and Shield will be much lesser for me, and the amount of time I'll spend playing online battles after the game will be much lower than it would have been, but my first playthrough will be unaffected by the Game Freak uh, National Pokedex decision, and here's an exciting idea. In a recent Famitsu article, Junichi Masuda mentioned the possibility of spinoff titles utilizing Pokemon Home. Here's my idea. Back in the day, on the N64, we had Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. They went on to make Pokemon Coliseum and Pokemon Battle Revolution on the Wii. Now, what if they decided to make a Pokemon Stadium 3 or a Pokemon Battle Revolution 2? Instead of the selling point being 3D Pokemon, it could be battling using your Pokemon from Pokemon Home. It'd probably have no story or just a text-based one like Pokemon Tournaments and be focusing exclusively on being the best battle sim. Um... And then he just goes on to say they could, like, add custom rule sets, like, give in Mega Stones, Held Items, Z-Crystals, Dynamaxing, all this other stuff, you know, just throwing out some other um, ideas, like event Pokemon, all that kind of stuff. Sorry for going on so long. Love listening to you guys talk. Brendan Potshead. Is that not just the Pokemon Masters mobile game? No. Aren't you kind of locked into, like, a certain set? in masters where it's like you know like two or three and and they're kind of like linked together yeah masters is focused on you using the trainers as like party members and Mm -hmm. each of them has pokemon yeah Mm -hmm. i guess like a signature pokemon that you can use is what i'm gleaming from it what he's talking about here is more akin to like because you won't have all these pokemon in the main series game proper and like potentially moving forward they're saying like it's too much there's too many resources we can't put a national decks in every game he's saying what if they made a game that's basically pokemon showdown you know which is the the online battling app that i've mentioned before where you could just go in load all your pokemon from pokemon home and you could battle with any pokemon from any set and it would be specifically for like competitive battling really it'd be a competitive pokemon battling solution outside of the mainline series games. And I actually, I think that's brilliant. I think that that's what it would have to be. I think it would have to be, like, that would have to be the VGC competitive Pokemon game for it to to be that type of solution, I think. Just because, you know, you have the main series games and they've always been, you know, the VGC games and things like that. But I I have a hard time thinking what would make it interesting outside of the fact that it would have potentially a national dex it would kind of have to be that competitive you know online that was what was cool about pbr or uh, battle revolution was that like you could battle online and it was really really interesting but yeah. what what i found the most interesting about like the whole home uh national dex debacle was again and it was like late at night it was like well nine o'clock that's late for me um, and I stayed up to watch it and just the way it was kind of like marketed was, you know, you grew up with these Pokemon and you can bring them and, you know, it's this place and where you can 
bring them all here and send them to Sword and Shield and other games. So it, it was almost like presented as like you're taking your Pokemon through all these generations and then it ended up that not being the case. That was very frustrating. I think that announcement is a big part of why people are so salty is they announced home and showed their nice little graphic of here's what you can do to move all your Pokemon here and then you can get them this way. And it was like, oh, great, perfect. And then they dropped this bomb on us and it's like, come on, man. And they didn't even announce it like they announced it during the treehouse at E3. Yeah, they didn't have to announce it though. They could have just, it could have just showed up day one that they found out. At least they got ahead of it somewhat. Oh my god, yeah, that would have been that would have been such a bad call. That would have been <laughs> See, fucking I, mad. Yeah, I'm not so mad about it. Um, I was at first, definitely, but I think it could definitely be interesting. And I think Brendan's solution uh, is very interesting. I just think like, and even Game Freak kind of says this too: is like they seem to know that people want. Stadium 3, Snap 2, you know what I mean? Like all these N64 old game sequels. Um, but it has to have some sort of interesting quirk to make it, you know, presentable to like a current gen system. Pokemon Snap, though, I still think would be the perfect mobile game. That would have been great I on really, Wii U. really, really do. They should have done it for Wii U. I, I still think it would be a perfect game on Switch. You make it an AR game and you, like, if you could sit in like a computer chair... And, like, spin to just be, like, you're in the thing as it goes yeah, on the that rails. Would work, yeah. And all you need to do to make it, like, more robust, it's like, I don't think you need to make it more robust. You just add more Pokemon. Make more levels. I just don't think yeah. it's got the, I don't think it's got the, the level of gameplay people expect these days from a $60 game. Charge 10 bucks. <laughs> well, that's, that's certainly something, too, is you charge less for it. I think that's yeah. a viable strategy. And so I guess Brandon's question then really is, what other games would we want to spin us? No, no. I mean, I don't. I don't think that's Brendan's question as much. As it is just like, what do you think about that as a solution for the national deck thing? I mean, my I, I like I've said before, I really don't care about there not being a national decks in in the main game. Yeah, whatever. You played one Pokemon game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair <laughs> enough. But I think the only reason people care is because of the competitive gameplay. And Brendan's right. If that can become a separate thing. Yeah. If you could have a separate game that just solves the competitive gameplay, like this is the Pokemon game for everyone. You go and collect your Pokemon, you put them in Pokemon Home, you can train them up in the game, or you train them up in whatever this new game is, and then you can battle those Pokemon. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if they if they did that, I I wouldn't care about the National Dex thing at all because when I play a Pokemon game, I generally use the new Pokemon to the region. You know, I want to ex- explore the new guys, and I don't worry about any of the old Pokemon until I'm getting into competitive play. And I don't want to live in a world where every Pokemon that's been made isn't in competitive play eventually. Like, that's a thing that I think needs to happen. And I think if this is the solution, I'd be totally into that. Yeah, I I find it interesting. I don't want to get down the rabbit hole again, but um, I'll I'll leave it on Endeavor, Focus Sash Rattata, better be viable. (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep cut joke for you. Yeah, I hope somebody gets it. I'm sure somebody will. Oh my god, there's news? <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, it seems like the E3 drought is finally, uh, you know, getting a little much-needed rain. Uh, so pick it up from last week. Um, we did get confirmation that the, the physical version of Tetris 99, or Tetris 99, is uh, coming to uh, North America. So if you're an American Switch player, you want to get that physical copy of Tetris 99, uh, you can get it on September 6th. Not like that's a soft month or anything. Um, for uh, 
So check it out. Pricing has been confirmed. We still don't know how much is going to be in um, Europe. Yeah, you have to imagine it'll be pretty equivalent pricing. Do you but... know how much an individual subscription for Switch Online costs? Uh, I, like in the states, it's twenty. I think for the year. Okay, yeah. so so is it pretty much bang on the pricing I thought it was going to be? It's the price of a Switch Online subscription plus, plus 10 the bucks. price of the big block DLC. Yeah. So it's twenty nine nine nine. So you save no money, but you get a case and a physical cartridge, which is quite nice actually that they're not putting a premium on that. It's a pretty good deal. Like if you're a physical collector, like I'd do it. So DJ's a hundred percent picking up Tetris ninety nine on cartridge, right? Oh, absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. I don't even. I'll be honest. I don't even like the game that much. But I will totally pick up a physical cartridge, 100%. That's yeah. wild. It's bad. What's your collection like? Do you collect every Switch title, or are you going for like a complete North American collection? Yeah, it's interesting. So I'll usually just pick up what interests me um, or what I think could be something maybe harder to find later on. Now, I don't like collect to make you know, money or anything like that. I don't do that. Um, but things that, you know, in, are interesting or that kind of like have a story or like games, especially that like start digital and then go physical. Yeah. Particularly interest me. I still really want, there's two games I really want a physical copy of. I want Stardew Valley and I want Thimbleweed Park. I missed out on both of those. Like the pricing for like the limited run games to the UK is just way too much. It's like yeah. twenty. It's like twenty dollars just to get a, a single game shipped here. Yeah, it's when you add when you add that on, it's just like ugh, no, it's not worth it. As much as I would love to have had that Thimbleweed one with the like, they did like the whole big box style PC box, and then it had like the floppy disk and stuff oh, in. I as love if it was that. like an old Monkey Island game. It was such a cool, cool yeah. set. I can't help it. I just do it. You know, even if it's not <laughs> worth it, like I'll just do it. I'm like, yeah. you know what, whatever. I had to stop. <laughs> that was a thing that I like as a, because I've never really like bought games to collect them. It was more like a, like I bought them to play them, you know? Yeah. So I had to like make the, because there was a point where I was just collecting too many things. Like mm-hmm. I was collecting games. I was collecting vinyl. I was collecting toys, uh, you know, like comics, like all this stuff. And it's just like, I just can't. I can't spend my money on all this stuff anymore. You know, yeah. so now I'm way, and especially now that like I have so much shit that like I hit a point <laughs> where like I couldn't even display any of it, you know, because it's all just like in piles. So I got rid of, a, I just did a massive purge and now I'm way more just like, I want my collection to be curated items that like each have specific meaning to me yeah. rather than like being a completionist of a set for anything but Amiibo. Like Smash Amiibo, I have everyone. I want the full set. Like, every time they put out a new Smash character, I'm going to get it, even if I don't care about the character. But that's, mm-hmm. like, the one thing. And then, like, one or two comic book series where, like, I'm trying to get every single issue. But, like, not, I'm going to buy every issue of everything. Yeah, that's that's a good collecting tip, actually, is if you're looking into getting into collecting, um, a lot of problems that first-time collectors run into is you try and collect too broadly. Yeah. And... Even even down to like, oh, I want to have a Nintendo collection. To me, if you're first starting out, that's too broad. Like you need to narrow it down to um, handhelds, consoles, and then even further to just Game Boy or just Game Boy Color, NES or just NES, and and work your way up from there. Yeah, so like that's the thing I've been thinking about recently is two collections I'd really like to have is I'd like to collect every uh, mod of the Game Boy Color, like every different 
version yeah, of it. Yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. someone that has that and then ha- and put them like in frames and then had them yeah. on their wall. They look really, really cool. I want to do that for my studio. Um, and then I'd also like to collect all the Game & Watch systems. Yes, yeah. I really want awesome. Game & Watch. So like the- those are – that's like a, a, a attainable goal, right? And you're like – it's the same thing where like I have an app on my phone where it has, a li- it has all of the comic series that I actually collect. And it has a checklist of all the ones that I have. And so when I go to a store and I'm looking, I know exactly what numbers to look for, yep. get it. And then I'm like, okay, cool, blinders for everything else. Yes, absolutely. And that's true for games too. There's there's stuff like that for games. And so it's totally achievable and easier now more than ever, I think, to keep track of everything at least. I'd really like a, uh, if we're talking about hardware, I'd really like to collect all the fantastic N64s. You know, I tried to do that. And then it, it, I'll tell I'll tell you right now it's so it's even more expensive than when I started. I bet they I don't think they sold them in the UK. And you know what? Tip if you want them, just import them from Japan. Yeah, I know that's, relatively that's the cheaper. other thing. I'd love to get loads of like Japanese stuff. Like um, yeah, like I really want some Famicom Disk System stuff. I sure. love that little like guy, and like I love all the like. Um, paraphernalia that went around it like totally. there's someone i follow on on twitter called um cable sasser who's the head of panic and they're working on the playdate thing they published firewatch and they're publishing the untitled goose game i highly recommend following him he just it imports all sorts of cool stuff from japan and you just see everything he's like a massive nintendo geek that's one of my favorite things about instagram i follow a ton of people that are like that that are like collectors or like have like a crazy you yeah. know, room or something like that. And I'm just like, oh man, like it's like living vicariously through them, you know, just yeah. like, oh, look at this cool thing they bought. That's sick. <laughs> yes. But like the yes. thing he, the thing he posted um, today that he like almost bought on yeah, like Japanese eBay or whatever they have was like this briefcase. It's like this bright yellow briefcase that you put all your <laughs> Famicom games in. No, that's And you would like awesome. carry this briefcase around. I'll send a link to you guys. That's it's sick. absolutely amazing. I'm that's some s- of the coolest stuff to collect too, by the way, is like... That's my the, favorite shit. The promotional the items stuff. and yeah, just like... Oh my gosh. I just got this N64 like oh that's so cool sorry (laughs) yeah see what i mean the suitcase is so cool yeah that is so cool oh that's that's unbelievable have a look at that thread so he posts it all on the same thread of everything he's ever imported from from japan he has some absolutely incredible stuff i highly recommend following him that's awesome but i'm sorry i'm sorry dj i like i was like half paying attention to what you were saying and it was very interesting (laughs) (laughs) no i could see i could see how this this would take your your attention away absolutely but you you uh you said that you bought an nes camera right was the thing no it's um an N64 like branded like Sorry. film camera and it was like just you know kind of in the same realm I guess where it's just this weird stuff that you know it's it has nothing to even really do with games but it's like Nintendo branded so you have to have it <laughs> you know yeah you know it's one of the, my favorite things in my collection is uh it's it's um actually I'll grab it hold on so this is one of my favorite pieces in my collection it's it's a it's an OG N64 carrying case, like one of the ones licensed by Nintendo, and like it's super nice quality. Like it's you know this thing is like twenty some odd years old. Oh, that's so nice. And it's in the it's in the same condition as when my friend, um, my best friend growing up, Jimmy, gave it to me. Oh, I bet Jimmy hates you for having it now. That's sick. Oh no, he's cool. And the, yo, this is uh, this is sewn. Like this is like a sewn yeah. on patch. So that's you know? not so going anywhere. Like, 
No, awesome. it's in it's in fantastic shape too. And I used it for years as like a legit carrying case. It's only become a collector's item in recent <laughs> years, you know. You know, I had when I was a kid, I can't find them, but um I had this like it was this purple I had a purple Game Boy color and then I had this giant Game Boy the, the, the Game Boy that went inside. No, no, no. It was like it was like a case, and it looked like a oh. giant Game Boy. And you and you put a you put the Game Boy in it, and it had all your games, like little slots and stuff. <laughs> That's wild. And um, it, yeah, it was like a giant case. You had it, and and my dad printed out this. You could like take the front off. It was like a plastic screen, and you could like take the front of it off, and then put like a picture. So my dad like made a, like a thing on the computer and printed it out, had my name on it and stuff, and uh, made it look like it was all part of the proper game. But I can't find in the case anywhere oh, but it man. had this like like goofy strap that you could wear and everything i love that thing that's so cool that's the best kind of stuff it's just stuff that like means something you know sorry one last thing on this collector's note because yes. we're getting down a rabbit hole but like i love this stuff um the other thing that i love to collect and that like i've started collecting in recent years is and i have a lot of it from when i was a kid is original pokemon memorabilia like Gen One stuff when like the colors were different and like not all the co- like stuff was really oh, finalized. That's cool. Like uh, like Tommy did a lot of Pokemon figures yeah, back then. They're awesome and they're so cool. Yes. And like I have uh, one of my favorite things in my collection is a, uh, um, it's it's one of the original like rounds of Pokemon toys from from back in the day, and it's the Squirtle, Wartortle, Blastoise with the that little fake Game Boy that had the Pokeball that you would press and it would shoot out the Pokeball and it was like on a string. If you own this thing, you know what I'm talking about. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't remember that. I had one growing up and I right. still have the figures loose, uh, but my one of my really good friends, Jared, bought it for me for my birthday. He found it at a flea market and it's like in perfect condition. I fucking love it That's so awesome. Much. Yeah. That's so sweet. I love that. Yeah, that that that's like one of my uh, my favorite things, and it's it's like my smallest one of my smaller collections because it's just hard to find stuff now. Oh, 100 percent. But uh, but whenever I see it, I gobble it right up. Like I'm buying a uh, a retro box. Uh, let me look up what the name of it is because I know it's very small. So if I can give this guy a sale, I will. Uh, Dino Dinosaur Dracula. So there's the Dino Drax Fun Pack. So look that up. Uh, and it's got these original Japanese uh, Tomy Pikachu figures that I remember seeing in uh, – I'm showing you guys a picture now. Oh, my um, God. That's so cool. And I, I remember seeing them in um, – oh, God. What's that? Koro Koro, the, uh, the Japanese magazine that would always leak the Pokemon stuff. Yeah. I remember seeing it in that as a kid and being like, that's so cool. And like, I'm going to buy that whole box just because I want that OG 1998 Japanese Pokemon toy in the box. Super cool. Love it. Speaking of super. Oh, perfect segue. Oh, look at that. That's the segue master is here. That's what I do. Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD is coming to Nintendo Switch on October 29th. Uh, so this is one the rumors have been circulating about it for a while. Now, I was kind of hoping it was going to be, if they were going to remaster one, I was hoping it was going to be the original from the GameCube. I loved that one. Oh, wait, this isn't that one? That's no, what this is, I thought. No, this is the Wii game. Okay. Because oh, when I think Super is... Monkey Ball, I think GameCube. Mm-mm, no, this is Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz, which was on oh, the which was on the Wii. Uh, okay. Which Damn. is a really, really weird choice to go, we're going to remaster Super Monkey Ball from the Wii. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's... 
but presumably it's because this one has all the motion control stuff that came with like the Wii remotes, and I'm not on board for any of that. So here's so here's I'm gonna read uh, this tweet reply to Nintendo of America's tweet announcing this uh, from at Big Blue Candle. Go out of your way to remake a Super Monkey Ball game for the Switch, something people have asked for for years. Remake the single worst Monkey Ball game. Why? I played through this fucking game, and trust me when I say the hate is deserved. It's sad, it's sad, but you know I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna res- <laughs> I'm gonna reserve judgment. It didn't get amazing scores. It got 74 percent on Metacritic, but that's not that's not that, that bad. bad. Yeah, but it's not good enough to warrant an HD remaster. Make Super Monkey Ball 2, man. That's true. I was I was hoping for a new Super Monkey Ball, and that's what the rumor was. Uh, you know, we saw these uh, leaks coming out of all of the uh, ratings agencies. So Taiwan rated it, then Australia rated it. It didn't have a title. It was just a, a Super Monkey Ball game that was going to be coming to all these platforms. So it's coming to Nintendo Switch, PS One, and Xbox One on October 29th. Um, and then today they announced that it's a remaster of Banana Blitz, uh, which isn't one I ever played, but. With good oh, reason, apparently. I mean, I'm gonna check it out. I don't know if I don't know if we're getting a physical release or if it's just a uh, a digital one. I don't know if that's been confirmed. The tweet didn't say, so I'm I'm not sure about that. You would think so though, because it's a second yeah. game. So I don't know. Uh, but coming out that same day is Resident Evil Five and Six. Yeah. Now that's an exciting announcement. That's good. Uh, they already announced them, though, right? Did they? They announced them at they announced them at uh, E3. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they didn't. Oh, have that's right. Release dates at right. the time. So that's this is confirmation of when they're coming. Well, that's a perfect date. <laughs> yeah, October 29th is obviously like a great time. You pick them up in time for Halloween or whatever. I can't get on board with this wonky pricing. That they're thirty bucks each, or yeah, yeah, they're thirty bucks each, yeah. These games, when they launched on PS4 and Xbox One, came out at £15 each. So oh, they... really? Yes. Okay. So, all right. I'm with you on that one, then. But That's they are shitty. Also, they are also releasing a physical triple pack in North America only of 4, 5, and 6 for $60. So, you basically get one game for free. That's not bad. But only one of those games is on the cartridge. Resident Evil 4 is on the cartridge. 5 and 6 are included as a digital download voucher. Ugh. It's so weird to me that that formula. The the voucher thing is the absolute worst way to do it because there's zero resale value on that game. Right. But I mean, like they want that, you know. Yeah, they want that, and I know that people probably want a physical version of Resident Evil Four. That's the one game people want the physical version of. Five and six yeah. are like, meh, okay, it's like whatever. But you know, they want their Leon Kennedy masterpiece. Yeah. Plus Resident Evil Six. Someone pointed out, and I can't remember who it was. I think it was a meme that went around that the six looks like a giraffe, and every ever since then, I can never unsee the giraffe in the Resident Evil Six logo. Oh wow! You'll never be able to unsee it. It's a giraffe. Oh no, yeah, you're totally right. <laughs> it's totally a giraffe. What the fuck, Steve? It's like a giraffe <laughs> turning its head around. Yeah, yeah, it's a giraffe that's turned its head around, and it's 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 ruined for you forever now. That's the goofiest thing ever. Oh, my God. All right. So speaking of the goofiest thing ever, uh, the original Yokai Watch, which was uh, a 3DS game originally, um, very, like, in the vein of Pokemon, you know, just not quite as popular here, is coming to Switch according to, and this is the weird part, Level 5's, which is the developer, official virtual YouTuber. Yes, it's so bizarre. Dinoji Rito. 
It's like an animated. So when you're like virtual, it's like an animated YouTuber, right? Yeah. She's like an anime girl. Yeah, it's bizarre. And she's a YouTuber. And she made a video discussing the Switch Lite and saying, on the day it releases, you'll be able to play Nino Kuni on your Switch. And later on, the first. Uh, and later on, the first Yokai Watch is also coming out. So we'd be grateful for your support. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Nino Kuni's the remaster that's coming. Um,. Later this year. Well, it's actually not a remaster, but the the oh, re-release. Nino Kuni one or two? Nino Kuni two, I believe, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember that now. Um, I didn't realize that those were both made by level five. That's really interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that either. Realize that either. No. Yeah. Learn something new every day. Also, weird that a developer has their own virtual YouTuber. It's kind of an interesting concept, though. I guess it's it's, it's certainly a a different like oh, it's marketing very technique. You know? Yes. But it's cool. One way to communicate with your audience. Yeah, totally. And Yokai Watch, that's that's a pretty interesting... I remember getting pretty excited about playing the demo on 3DS. Um, when I heard it, it was kind of like you said, in the vein of like Pokemon games. I never ended up picking up the game. It was too simple. Like, I, I, I played the demo and was just like, this isn't uh, deep enough for me. Right. But it was interesting. It's interesting for sure. And I think if I was a kid... Yeah. I would love it, but I'm not, and I don't, you know, right. it, it did like with Pokemon, I obviously have like the nostalgia factor that like makes me enjoy like the main game, even when it is too easy or too simple. But then there's the meta game that's there when I want the deep angle. And like, that's not a thing for Yokai watch to my knowledge. So yeah. there was just really nothing for me there. Um, but I think it coming on switch and everything like obviously will be a big deal in Japan. Maybe this is a chance for Yokai Watch to like reconnect with American audiences. I don't know. We'll see. But I, I don't. I'm not particularly interested in this. But it's definitely big news. I would say. Yeah, definitely. And and it's one thing like a lot of these games that released on the Wii U to see Switch releases. But at the time Yokai Watch came out, at least here in North America, um, the 3DS was already kind of on the upswing. So it's not like, yeah, so it's not like it's getting, like, a new life. I mean, I guess the Switch could arguably be considered much, much better in terms of sales. At least, you know, the 3DS kind of struggled a little bit. But I don't know. At launch, yeah, yeah. right? Like, mm-hmm. the 3DS had a rocky it did. start. It did. Yeah, and, but that means, you, you know, if you got one, you got that Juicy Ambassadors edition. Oh, yeah, no, it was fucking great. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, S- Switch did not have the same problems, right? They didn't need to pivot and price cut and be like, we're so sorry. Right. Yeah, have some Game Boy games that no one else is ever going to get. You know, enjoy. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, so I f- I'll find it interesting because, the, you know, like, your, your new Super Mario Bros, you, and again, Mario's way different than Yokai Watch, but um, to kind of see how... Yokai Watch will connect to a Switch audience because it it is pretty big. You go to stores and stuff, and you see Yokai Watch toys. I've seen Yokai Watch like fruit snacks in the grocery store, so that tells me like it has an audience. Oh yeah, I mean in Japan it's huge. Yeah. So, you know there there's a huge audience out there for Yokai Watch. I just I think we're 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 not really we missed that the demo. boat. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. Yeah, it's one of those things, you know, like, it's just, it's a generational thing. I'm sure if we were, like, you know, 10 years younger, we probably would be like, oh, yeah, Yokai Watch is the shit. Yeah. I bet I bet there's someone listening to this right now who's, like, really pumped 
that you yeah. watch this coming and, to the Switch. And that's what it's all about. Like, I, that's totally cool, and nobody's going to, you know, tell you that it's not, you know, at least here. Yeah, right, absolutely. So, yeah, if you're if you're a Yokai Watch fan, um, please write in. Hit me up at Pete at Lupas.com and let me know, like, where your hype levels are at for that. And uh, if you want it to be a port or, like, what you'd like out of a remake, I'd love to talk to somebody who's got that passion for Yokai Watch uh, about this. So hit us up. Uh, so last item on the news list this week is that there is a big old Nintendo Switch summer sale going on right now, up to 70% off on a ton of games. Um, is this just in the UK or is this in the States too? It's in the whole of Europe. I have no idea if you've got one in the States. Can you look this up for me right now, DJ? All right, cool. So while you look that up, uh, there's a few highlights that I'd like to call out here. Uh, you can grab Super Mario Party, Splatoon 2, Octopath Traveler, and Diablo 3 Eternal uh, Collection. So that's all the DLC, all for uh, right in the neighborhood of $33 to $35. So um, great deals on those games. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle is down to $11. Uh, Euro. So, oh, it's bonkers. And that's been on Prime Day as well on Amazon, like physical. Get it's that absolutely game. crazy. That game is hot, hot. And a lot of people did not play it um, because, you know, they don't like the Rabbids. But it's a great goddamn game, so you should play it. And then uh, a couple other things to call out. Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy is down to 20 Octo- I already said Octopath, sorry. Uh, Hellblade, 17 bucks. I'm. I think I'm going to get Hellblade. There's a, The Resident Evil games are all on offer at the moment as well. They're down to 17 quid. Nice. So they may. I may be tempted to pick them up for that price. Yeah, so there's, there's like, tons of great stuff on sale yeah. here. So if you're in the market for a new game right now like check it out my my problem is i'm just gonna i'm gonna do what i always do i'm gonna buy loads of games and then i'm gonna forget i bought them and then i'm not gonna play them and that's yeah. what always happens because i literally run out of time and then i'm like shit we're meant to be playing that for the for the show oh i need to review this yeah i'm not seeing anything about north america unfortunately yeah it's it's, it's usually our sales aren't at the same time it's really really strange but yeah, if you're in Europe, we've got a great sale at the moment. Pretty much everything's on it. We'll probably we'll probably have one coming yeah, August. And then we'll, and then we'll all be jealous because last time you got all the big game, big Bethesda games on sale, and we didn't get any. Well, you get all the cool steel books. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Pete's getting one of those as well. I sure am. Yeah, <laughs> you're it so lucky, man. Friends. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, dude, there's there's nothing that made me feel cooler when I had one of my friends in the states be like, "Oh man, did you see that cool steel book that they're getting in Europe? Like, why aren't we getting that?" And I was like, "No big deal, you know. One of one of my British friends is sending it to me. It's fine." <laughs> You're so international. I am. You're so international. I'm a I'm an international man. Do you know? Do you do I need to check some arrows in with that? Oh my god, please. <laughs> Watch them melt all What am I going to declare on customs, video games, and uh, confectionery? I mean, that's what Pixel did. <laughs> he, he sent me Moonlighter and a bunch of candy. <laughs> all right, so moving along to out this week, uh, we've got a couple big announcements. Um, or not announcements, but releases. Uh, on July 18th, Thursday, so the day this releases, we've got Grotopia, um, which we talked about quite a bit. On previous episodes, so I won't belabor the point, but... I wanted to specifically add this one because um, I wanted to call out uh, Chicky from our Discord who tipped us on this that last Friday that it just randomly appeared on the Australian eShop again. This game's been up and down like a bloody yo-yo. Pixel, I think, reported on this in, in March that it was meant to come out and it appeared on the on the 
uh, Nintendo eShop with a trailer and then it had passed its release date and then disappeared and now it's back again. It seemingly is coming out this week. It's got, um, I don't know, it's still not clear if it requires a Switch Online subscription, but it's Ubisoft's MMO. It's like a sandbox MMO and you can buy like coins and stuff and whatever. We were but, like um, hotly contesting it in the Discord this week. Yeah, so the, the description says um, a paid membership to Switch Online is required to use the Save Data Cloud, but it doesn't say that a paid online subscription is required to play online. So we'll have to wait and see. It is a free-to-play game, so it should fall under Nintendo's free-to-play exemption, like Fortnite right. and right. Paladins. Yeah. So yeah, we'll. I mean, we'll update you if it does drop. I guess uh, and, and we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs> But uh, eyes peeled for that one. Uh, Friday, July 19th, we've got Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. Yeah, Pixel, uh, Pete's favorite game. Yeah, I was going to say Q Steve making a joke about how much I'm so excited for this game. Yeah. <laughs> I'm interested. DJ, are you excited for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3? Honestly, I'm not. Not oh, very okay. excited. It looks... No one's into this game. Even Nintendo's not into this game. That's I think the thing. It was Max, Max, who was t- Max, one of our eyes, was tweeting it like like earlier this week. Like Nintendo has a game coming out this week, and they're too and they're publishing it, and they're too busy talking about Fire Emblem, and they've not once said a word about Marvel or Marvel Alliance Three. Yeah, I don't think he's wrong. I really don't, and I think that has to do with the kind of mediocre hype level that we're seeing right now. Um, but you know, I find it hard to believe that they couldn't you know, give a little more attention to it. But then again, Fire Emblem is, like, huge now. So do you blame them? <laughs> that's one of their marquee titles, right? And I feel yeah. like that's a game that they're really hoping that they're going to get new people with. And I think Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is the kind of game that, like, if you're hype about Marvel Ultimate Alliance, you're going to buy it. And if you're not, you won't. Exactly. You have that name. There's no amount of promotion or marketing you can do that i think is going to change like people's interest level in it if they're not already interested in it and if they are they know about it marvel ultimate alliance also seems like the kind of game that um your mom or your dad would go into like uh the nearest game shop and they go oh my my kid likes marvel i'll make sure i pick this up for little timmy he'll really really enjoy this game i'm sure and it, you know like how fifa always sells because sure. everyone knows like their kid loves football or, oh this is that call of duty game that they're into i think it's gonna be like one of those games that's just gonna sell regardless yeah and then the game store employee's gonna say you know you know what grandma wait until it you know goes down to 20 20 before picking it up it'll, <laughs> yeah, it'll be 20 dollars employees 100 percent not doing that <laughs> they're gonna go yeah you can get that would you like to get some reward points and we can insure that uh cartridge for you for just well, an maybe GameStop. <laughs> <laughs> do your do your game do your game stops do that hit like, there like here you, whenever i go in and i buy a disc or i buy a cartridge they ask if you want to insure it for a pound yeah they asked me that shit too. Like, what I'm the like, fuck is that? Like, no. who's, who's saying? Who's going? Yeah, sure. I really need to ensure this disc that gets read once, and then it just plays it from my hard drive. Or the Nintendo Switch cartridge. Yeah, what's happening to that? Am I Which I guess it? you could lose. <laughs> but it doesn't even cover that, right? Yeah, it doesn't cover it if you lose it. <laughs> it like it only <laughs> covers what? Like, I if don't you know. Damage it. Like if your kid like spreads peanut butter over you. I don't even think it CDs. does. I think you could like dunk it in a dunk tank and they wouldn't cover it. I, I like most accidents. I don't think it would cover. I really don't. It's the biggest. It's the I could biggest be wrong. Scam. They must make a fortune out of it. 
Yeah, yeah, it's so that's stupid. what it's about. It's just yeah, you know. it's just like a rolling the dice of like, oh hey, are you are you anxious enough for us to get a dollar out of you? Right. Yeah, that's you know? what it is. Or oh, are you stupid enough to not realize that this is not actually this is a waste of money? Absolutely. So coming out that same day is a game I'm far more interested in: World Cruise Story. Basically, I'm interested in anything Kairosoft puts out. So this is the same people that make uh, Game Dev Story. No way. I'm five times more <laughs> interested in it than I was originally. So yeah, it's the people that make Game Dev Story, but you run a cruise ship. I did. I love a good. I love a good sim management game. You know. So yeah, like, me too. I, I might fuck around with this. I love the art style. It's very. Yeah, cute. I love it. It's like it's so have a hotel. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent on board. Yeah, it's it's a very nice, cute pixel style. Like I'm into it. Don't know that I'll pick it up, but if you get it and you really like it, I I, I think it's gonna be one of those ones that when it goes down to like three ninety nine and I'm bored and there's and it's, there's a game drought and I'm just like, yeah, you know what? The problem with these games is they just become massive time sinks and and oh, I yeah. just can't I can't stop myself playing them. I'm like I find myself up at like three a.m. making the next game for the Smega Smattern or whatever they call their consoles in those <laughs> in that game. <laughs> Oh man, Game Dev Story is so good. <laughs> Show me the $40 collector's edition. <laughs> Bring it on. Limited run. I hope you're listening. Oh <laughs> yeah, if they did a single cartridge with every Kairosoft game on. Ooh. Get all get all the story titles, all the pixely story titles. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll be I'll be there. The story collection? Yes. Cairo story collection? Yeah, that'd be good. All right, so moving along into our main topic, we're talking all about the Switch Lite. We've talked about it for weeks. Steve predicted it would be announced at the end of July. His premonitions have come true. (laughs) The Switch Lite has been revealed. It is $199. It launches September 20th. It comes in three colors, yellow, gray, and turquoise, and it doesn't use a dock. So what do we think about the Switch Lite? I'm so sad that it's not called the Switch Junior, but otherwise... It's it's so adorable, dude. I'm big into this. I want it so much more than I have any reason to. I already have one on pre-order. No <laughs> way. You're a oh, fucking yeah. madman, DJ. Mm-hmm. Amazon are you, Japan. Are you gonna, are you gonna unbox it? Uh, yeah. Definitely. Which one did you get? I, I Oh, I got the Pokemon one. Nice! Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, that's definitely... Sick, that's that's going in the, uh, in the curio cabinet, 100%. So that takes us into this. I was going to save that, but yeah, Pokemon Sword and Shield <laughs> model is launching on November 8th, and it's hot fire. It's got the buttons that are like the Scion and like oh, yeah. Magenta. I'm so, so into the buttons. Cool. I don't like the back. No, those decals. If I can get a bit of white spirits on that on those decals, rub those off. Yeah. See, I like it. I, no, I really do. I don't like decals on my consoles. I don't either. Odd one out. That aside, it's it's awesome. Like I I love the look of that thing. And how often are you looking at the back of it? You know, often. <laughs> Do you know my favorite thing about the the console though um, is the fact that the bezels aren't black. It's they're colored like the plastic. It's almost like there's no bezel. Which yeah, is nice. it it really does. It really shrinks it down because yeah. it matches the the rest of the thing. Man, you know what I like the best is that it has a D pad. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. You kidding mm. me? Come on. Yeah. So what do you again? I'm not. I don't want to like you know ask the questions. But what do you, what do you think about the no doc thing? You can ask the questions. DJ. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you're I'm taking the, your job. Show. It's fine. We're we're here. I got us to the main topic. Let's just ask away, man. Ask us a conversation. I'm I'm disappointed. Are um, you really? 
Yeah, I I wish it was that it's never... I wish they had included the functionality that it would allow you to TV out if you put it in a compatible dock. If they sold the dock for another seventy nine ninety nine, fair enough. Because it gives the people it gives people the option to do it piecemeal if they want. They can buy the cheaper console and then at a later date if they say, Oh, actually I do want to play this on the TV and I do want to buy some Joy-Cons, they can just buy those add-on accessories. So it's like that's it's cheaper entry point, but then they can go ahead and get the full functionality if they want to. There's no reason it, it doesn't need to do TV out, they just opted not to. It hasn't saved them a lot of money just to not include those pins in the USB-C. Um, they've done it to avoid cannibalizing sales of the main console, which I totally get. This is a cheaper console. It's $100 less than the main console. But I just think they should have just left that functionality in there and then added the ability to buy a dock separately. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in, in principle. Um, but I, I guess I, I on some level, I... I definitely agree with not wanting to cannibalize the sales of the Switch Prime because I don't want to see the Switch Lite become the dominant console just because, like, it is it is in many ways, like, inferior. You know, like, we talked about how if there was, like, a way higher adoption rate of Switch Lite, like, ga- like game developers might target, like, 720 instead of 1080. and like. But that's only because it's handheld only. If this, this was a, a dockable system... I didn't think about that. That's a good point. In many ways, it's actually a superior system. So it has a, it has a higher screen density because it's smaller and still is 720p, so it will look sharper. And it currently has better battery life than the main Switch, even though it has a smaller battery cell in there. But we know there's another switch coming. Yeah, it's longer by like a half hour though. It's like not that much. Hey, it's an extra hour of of Zelda playback apparently. Breath of the Wild. Yeah, isn't it like four point five hours they topped out? It's apparently four hours instead of three hours. And if anyone's ever got more than two hours of full Zelda play, please let me know because let me know how you did it because no, never ever managed it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was thinking about it a lot actually, like. So, like, let's throw it back, right? You look at the 3DS, and you look at the 2DS, and how it kind of took away the most popular feature. Or not the most popular, excuse me. The, you know, the, the one thing that made it what it was, the 3D. It's namesake. Yeah, exactly. And although it's very, like, you can't you can compare it and you can't because not a lot of people like the 3D. Like, that's the consensus that I got, at least. Yeah. Whereas docking everybody or most people at least like the idea of being able to dock the switch but taking away the point of the console isn't exactly new to nintendo either you also have to factor in how popular handheld consoles are in japan oh yeah nintendo already sell a variant of the switch in japan without a dock because so many people just play. Oh yeah, Switch and you can handheld. customize it, right? Like with your yes. color joy cons. You can choose the color joy cons, and yeah, you don't have to get that. the dock. So this probably caters heavily for the Japanese and, and Asian market, and then secondarily, kids. You know, it's a massive, yeah. it's a massive thing for kids. And like, you know, you get a hundred ninety-nine dollar console. It's straight in below that two hundred dollar price point. Around Black Friday, you're probably going to see bundles where it includes games or eShop credit or whatever. Well, you think you think about it like in two years too, when it's not a new piece of hardware. And oh yeah, like it's on sale for like a hundred and fifty bucks or something like that. It's going to be an insane value prop in a very short amount of time. 
It's already oh, yeah. a great deal, but like I think it's a if good you value. can if you can get it at any discount, it'll be dirt cheap. Yeah. You know, even like one seventy five is insane for what you're getting. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, it's funny because I looked at the Pokemon one, and I was like, "Wow, this is really salt in the wound for those like people, Pokemon fans who only want that main home console Pokemon game." But the uh, you know the the uh, special edition console just so happens to be the handheld only yes. you know system. <laughs> so it's like you know what? No, you're never getting your home console Pokemon game. You're getting you're getting the handheld special edition. I really hope that they release the the Joy-Con version of the the yeah like the, that would be the magenta and the cyan that would, buttons. That would just look so much like the uh, neon blue and, and neon pink, though. I feel. No, like you're on about like you're on P. You're on about like you're being gray with those buttons, right? Yeah, gray with the buttons, oh, yeah. just oh, like the gotcha, switch. Gotcha, gotcha. The switch yeah, lights. Sorry, cool. that would be cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I hope that they just give us those broken off as the yes. same way we did with like the the smash ones. It was the first time they've colored buttons though, so yeah, I, that's I why can't I want see them. them doing it. I hope. I hope they do. I hope they. I'm do. just gonna uh, be a uh, mod out there or something. You know, there always is. I think I would have got one of these if it supported TV out. Um and swapped it out for my main switch. I think I'd prefer the smaller size, the Joy Cons attached because my Joy Cons are getting loose again. That's the second set I've made loose. Um, and I just love D pads. So yeah. So I uh I was gonna work this in before, but then we got off on like the doc thing. So I've got an email here uh from longtime listener of the show, uh, Asobi. Um, and he wrote in and said, Hey Pete, now that the wall of pixel is gone, here's my question for this week's podcast, podcast. Now that the switch light got announced with the sword and shield special edition, I'm wondering what kind of switch light special editions would you like to see? And what would your ideal design for a switch light look like? I think the biggest thing is, uh, everyone seems to be surprised that it's coming out the same day as Zelda and there's no Zelda special edition. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's probably the one I'd, I'd most like to see is, uh, is a Link's Awakening special edition because that's one of my favorite game boy games of all time uh but i think the other way they could get me would be if they did one that like was modeled after i saw a mock-up that was one modeled after like a game boy so it was made to yes, have the I original saw that the dmg game boy yeah yeah the chunky gray game boy i i mm-hmm. i think i'd pick up that one just for like the the dope factor there's two i would want so um do you guys remember the pop tart 3ds yeah, I was gonna say that one. <laughs> I was actually that was gonna be one of mine. <laughs> I love the Pop Tart uh, Animal Crossing 3DS. I'd love one of those uh, if they did a variant for Animal Crossing that looks similar to that. Do you think they will do? They they gotta do an Animal Crossing one. Don't I you don't think? think they will. They'll do. They'll definitely do a pack in. <sighs> I, I I don't think they'll do an Animal Crossing one. No, that oh, I don't know now. They, they probably will. Animal. Yeah, they you, probably you will. Uh, it would yeah. make the most sense. It really would make the most. It's sense. a huge franchise. Its yeah. legacy for the last two gens has been on handheld, and yeah. the Animal Crossing Special Editions always sold well. I don't know, dude. I know. You're I'm not wrong. I'm gonna want it. I'm gonna want it. So I'll buy I that they, one too. They I don't do it. Oh my god, DJ's just got money to burn over there. Uh, you know what? If there's one thing to go into debt over, it's Nintendo. <laughs> don't take my advice, by the way, anybody. <laughs> that, that is uh, not a smart thing to do. But if you've I already mean... done it, then you're good. <laughs> And the other one I'd want is um, uh, Breath of the Wild 2 one. Ooh, uh, clean. Sh- like maybe make it look like a Sheikah Slate or whatever else they- Link has these days. I don't know. 
But, but then I kind of want a special edition Switch Pro if that actually is going to happen next year. So, See, yeah. Those are, those, like, I think the two Zelda examples we gave are the one time where I'd actually want a decal on the back of the Switch. If I could get a Switch Lite with the big, the, the Windfish egg on the back for the Link's Awakening one, that would oh, be fresh. Yeah. And for the Sheikah Slate, just get the eye. The thing is, though, they always keep that wonky Switch logo in the middle of it. And so now the Switch... The Switch logo on the back of the Switch Lite as well is ridiculous because it's like it's two Joy-Cons that make absolutely zero sense on that console. Yeah, they should just get rid of that for the yeah. like this the, the special ones, you know? Doesn't need to say it. Put it in the corner, man. Yeah. But I, I always liked all of the... Um, the ones they did for the 3DS as well that look like the old consoles, like the NES, the SNES, yeah. the Famicom ones that they They'll did. They'll probably do that too. Uh, I'd be into those. Did uh, did they do it for uh, 3DS? I don't think they did. did they, they never did a Game Boy, no. No, they did the uh, Super Nintendo one though. I remember oh, that. That's yeah. right. That's right. The the XL, right? Yeah, that yeah. one looked good. Mm-hmm. I think it was a, it was either the XL or it might have been a new 3DS model. Yeah, because that was the one that could play Super Nintendo games. That makes sense. <laughs> what about you, DJ? What would you want? Yeah, you know my hopes are kind of shattered, but I would have loved, um, you know, that Mario Maker stylus that came out. Yeah. in yeah. Europe, I would love that. Just like all over the back of a Switch Lite. Oh, that would okay. be amazing. Um, obviously not going to happen, but that would be cool. I think a Mario themed one is an inevitability, though, right? Like, yeah, probably, probably. I mean, the like special editions for the regular Switch are like, I, I don't want to offend anybody, but they're kind of lame, right? Like Mario Odyssey, you got like dark red Joy Cons. By the way, <laughs> I have them. I love those dark red Joy Cons, though. No, the it, worst one. The worst one is Smash Bros. with just the one, the, the one stripe. You're not wrong. Li- those At least, suck. Uh, at least, you know, the Mario ones are, like, a different red. The Mario red Joy-Cons are cool. Yeah. But, like, to have the only... Is it the only... No, there might be a different one. Like, maybe Diablo or something, or that might be the dock. Um, but the Pokemon one... You know, like, they could do so much more with a Switch Lite. You know, or the Pokemon Let's Go one. I liked the just Pokemon like... Let's Go brown oh, and yellow I hated the brown and yellow. Yeah, I did. You just hate brown. Yeah. yeah. It was brown and boring, Steve. They're expensive, too, to get separately, but you still have them. Um, anyway, second one. Um, can you imagine a Luigi's Mansion 3 one? That would be awesome. What would they do? What Would they make it like the Game Boy Horror? Oh, that would be sweet. Or like Gooigi. Oh, my God, mm. no. That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> Just all over. Oh, translucent, all over. translucent green? Oh, that would be so sick. Oh, yeah, I'd love sweet. translucent. Bring it back. I want translucent plastic. They do it on back. the Pro Controller, too, you know? It's like, give me some mm-hmm. translucent totally Joy-Cons. Yeah, let's, throw, it, let's throw it back to Fantastic. Let's do it. Absolutely. Let's do it, man. Glow in the dark. That would be yeah, cool. Let's uh, do it. They, they did that on, like, pretty much all their consoles up to the DS. Like, I, I had a translucent Game Boy Pocket. Yeah. had a translucent Game Boy Advance. Well, it was the thing in the 90s, you know? It was so I good. think it could totally come back. I mean, I think it already is. Like, I have. A, I think it is too. I have a translucent PS4 controller that they just put out recently too. Oh, they're cool, man. Translucent. It's neat. It's coming back. The '90s, bro. It <laughs> is. Well, look at the um pro. Not to get off topic, but the the um shell replacements for the pro controllers, or even the Joy Cons. Sure. They have a lot of like third party. Yeah, you know, everyone fantastic. wants to do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
Also, I'd 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 really love to just see them do a purple one that may look like the purple they always used to do, like the Game Boy Advance purple, the game the GameCube purple. Yeah, that's that nice soft purple. Yeah, yeah. and then and then make the like the the like right the right joystick the the yellow C stick, and just like have Ooh. that laughing yellow. I would love that. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, that'd be a good one too. Uh, so we've got a couple questions from uh, our Discord channel as well, which, again, if you're uh, a Discord person you want to come t- chat with us or connect with some other cool uh, potheads, definitely go check that spot out. It's been a lot of fun. We- we've hit a couple of these questions, so if like you asked a question and I didn't read it because we already talked about it, sorry. Thanks for writing in. Um, but there were two I wanted to call out. We got one uh, from Mayor Chewy who says, what are your favorite games to play in handheld mode slash Switch Lite mode? That's an easy one for me. It's every game. I almost <laughs> exclusively use my Switch as a handheld, except for, like, Smash or, you know, I guess Mario Party or Mario Kart, like, those sorts of games. Like, unless I'm playing with other people, I'm probably on my, my handheld. That's interesting. I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah, you're mostly, uh, like, you mostly use it on the TV? Well, not even that. It's just, like, how you mentioned... Um... Like Mario Kart, you dock. Yeah. Right? Or Smash, dock. I'm like the opposite. Like, I prefer, like, Mario Kart, Smash, Mario Maker, and handheld. And, like, the only game I'll play docked is, like, maybe Fortnite, if I'm playing that. Wow, okay. Yeah. For Smash, it's like, I have to. I don't don't like playing in handheld on Smash. I want to play with a GameCube controller. Um, That's, like, the only only way for me. I tried switching over this gen and being like, I'm going to just get over it and you right. so and it's I, it's blasphemous any other controller blasphemous. it's not even like it's just it's just <laughs> it just feels wrong you know like i remember when i started playing ultimate and i didn't even think about it like i just was using my pro controller because i'm like i'm on the switch and this is the controller you use i didn't even like think about the fact that i could plug in my gamecube and i i started playing and i was like what is wrong with me like i'm sucking and then i was like oh right my muscle memory is all fucked up Right. See, I suck anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually bought the uh, – I forget the name of the brand, but it's like the official licensed like Nintendo uh, thing where it's a GameCube controller with the Pro Controller inside it. So you can use it as a Pro Controller, but it's got the GameCube layout. That's that's how I play Smash. <laughs> oh, really? Was it that, that wireless one? Yeah, the Power A one, okay. right? Power A, the Power A. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Yeah. It, it's it is a really good controller. I have the gold one. I love it. It's really good. Uh, for me, the games I like playing handheld the most are the games like Stardew Valley. Um, mm-hmm. Those games where I can just ha- be playing it. It's just a cycle. I can have some trash TV on in the background, and it's something that like you know c- keeps my hands occupied. Um, but I pretty much play everything in handheld it's like usually where i i start there's a very few there's very few games like breath of the wild and mario odyssey that i played mainly in docked but for the most part i played pretty much everything in handheld yeah even breath of the wild man like i docked it i think it was 50 50 for me for me it was like probably 75 25 it's crazy like and and yet you're not even considering a switch light no because why you know, like uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't if you don't need it, if it doesn't suit your your lifestyle or workflow, then the yeah. money. Like I, I like having the option to dock my Switch because like yes. uh, you know you know what I actually use my Switch for most in dock mode is watching Hulu in my bedroom. Oh no way! Yeah. Oh, that's sick. You know, it's like 
if uh, and I don't even do that anymore because now that I moved in with Sarah, like I had my old PS4 at her house, and now I just put that in our bedroom. So it's right. like I'm mostly, you know, I'm just in handheld though. You know, it's like that's just wh- how I think of the Switch, and it's how I prefer to play. Yeah. Now I'm curious if you guys like you know how the Switch was kind of advertised where you're playing docked. Oh, gotta go. The dog needs to go on a walk or whatever. You pick it up, you take it out. Mm-hmm. Um, you're done. You come back, dock it. Do you have have you ever done that? Like, yeah. The best example I have of that is when the Switch was brand new. Uh, I was playing Arms with a bunch of my friends like around Christmas time, and uh, they were like all playing the Switch for the first time. It was like let's show off the Switch and whatever. Right. And we hit a point where we had been playing for a couple hours, and a bunch of them smoked. So they were like, "Oh, you guys want to take a cigarette break?" And I was like, "Why take a break?" I pulled it out of the dock and took it outside through the kickstand. Oh, out, you should have had we the just camera kept ready. Fucking playing, you know, it was awesome. <laughs> the one time I've done it was I was in the middle of playing, playing. I think it was Mario Odyssey on the TV. We had a power cut. Everything went out. I pulled the switch out of the dock and I just carried on playing. And it felt That's like amazing. it felt absolutely incredible to just be able yeah. to keep playing where I was. And I wasn't pissed off that my save had gone and that I'd, I'd lost my progress because the switch was just running. So See, I'm glad. Empowering. I'm glad. <laughs> and I didn't want to like ask that thinking like, yeah, nobody's going to do that. But like to see it actually pay off is awesome to see like outside of the advertisements. Yeah, I mean, I think the coolest thing about the Switch is that like when they when you look at the numbers that Nintendo puts out of like how people use it, it's pretty 50-50. Like I know Yes. S- I know several people who are like you who mostly are dock or almost exclusively dock. Um but then I know a lot of people that are the other way and there are a ton of people that are 50-50. Like Yeah. And I was like I was totally going to bring up that figure too during the show because when we were talking about, or we still are kind of, the the uh, Switch Lite, you know, I'm curious to see if it was like 75 docked, 25 undocked, like globally, which obviously it wouldn't be. Because like Steve said, you know, Japan especially Excuse is huge. Yeah, they have a handheld um, culture. Right. Um, would they have even bothered with the Switch Lite? You know, like if if the uh, statistics like really were heavily docked, I don't know. It's actually really interesting. I bet I bet they would have, but I think it probably would have still had dock capability then. Yeah. You know. Totally. Uh, so then we had another question. This one came from uh, Petra, who's one of our patrons. So shout out to Petra. Which handheld incompatible game will be the saddest to say goodbye to? It's a massive issue for me for one game. Which game? So if I if I switched over to Switch Lite, the one game I'd be really sad to see would be Mario Party. You can play in tabletop mode. You'd have to like, who the hell wants to play Mario Party in tabletop mode? Feet. There's no game. There's no. There's no game as far as I'm aware that's compatible with tabletop mode that isn't compatible with TV mode or I the think, other way around. I think Super Mario Party is the best example. But even so, you could play it. You would just have to buy an additional set of Joy-Cons. Right, because you, you can pair Joy-Cons. Point, and at that point, right. if you're doing that, you bought a $70 set of Joy-Cons, you bought uh, a $200 console, you should have bought the bigger console. Right. Hey, show me that $30. Show me the $30 savings. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this is... We we kind of already answered the first part of this question, but Asobi wrote in on uh, Discord as well with something I wanted to bring up, uh, asking if we were going to buy a Switch Mini, and if yes, what would we use it for? Since transferring save data might be too annoying to use it as a second console on the go. I think that's an interesting wrinkle, is I, I think that would have been the way to get me to buy it, would be if 
like save transfers were better if nintendo had a better cloud save system like that that would have been a thing that i think would have made me consider it a lot more because there's no reason for me to get a switch Lite, but i kind of want one <laughs> so did like, you see the article that came out pretty much the day they announced it with from cnet there was an interview with doug bowser Yes. And and he was talking about how and kind of alluded to the fact that those cloud that there was going to be like an update to it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. What do you what do you make of that? That's part of why I wanted to bring it up. Do you think that's a thing that will become easier? Do you think people? Do you think they want people to buy it as a secondary console on some um, level? I think they do. I think they want it to yeah. be a secondary console. Absolutely. I, I, what I think they want is there to be one main home switch that everyone uses, and then everyone else gets their own switch in the family so maybe that maybe the dad or the mom owns the switch and they use that as their main console and they play it on the tv and then the kids all have their own but then those accounts and those saves sync back up to the cloud and then they can put, carry on and play their game on the tv later on if they want to that's what i that's what i want out of it if- and if that happens i think it will be it will be a really good reason to get switch online finally yeah, it's got to be seamless, though. It really has to be seamless. It can't be no it, it, it can be seamless because, like, um, yeah. PlayStation did it with the PS Vita. With the cross-play mm-hmm. and the cross-save, you can go from one game, you can, like, play Undertale on your PS Vita, and then you can go to play it on your TV, and it'll just carry on and sync up where you left off. Absolutely. Same with uh, with two PlayStations. Like I said, like, I had... When, when Sarah and I weren't living together, I had my old PlayStation at her house and my Pro at home. And whenever I was going over to her house for the weekend, I would upload the save data of whatever game I was playing, bring it over to her house. And when she fell asleep and I had an hour or two to kill, just keep, keep rocking and rolling, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, it's definitely possible, but, like, how long have we been trying to compare Nintendo to Sony right. and Microsoft and have been let down? And it's unfortunate, but... You're right to be skeptical. That's yeah. that's the takeaway, right? Is that like yeah. there's there's a reason that we're complaining about the Mario Maker two online and like mm-hmm. you know so they've I, already got my money. I hope so, I, I mean, hope they get it that well, but <laughs> I I do too. I do too. Yeah, I mean there's there's like instances like my Switch right now is so beat up, like it's so scratched in the back from the dock. Um, really, the screen, yeah, like and and I'm telling you, it's not. It can't be just me. That's it cannot so be. crazy, man. Because mine, yeah. mine's in perfect shape, and like you're not the only person I've seen say that. But I've always been like, how the fuck are you scratching up your switch? Oh, I I've got show some you scratches sometime. on the screen. Like there's two, a scratch on both sides of the screen from the tracks in the front of the dock, the rubber right. tracks. And th- and that's common because yeah. th- I mean that was a big thing when it first came out. But my back, the back of the switch is just beat to hell. It's an, it's insane. Um, so just like looking at it, and it's so ugly and you know and like you said you you know you know the joy cons get loose and it's just not like as pleasing so kind of replacing it with something cheaper it's it's kind of compelling so is that the reason you're doing it or is it just i think so okay i think so i'm probably gonna get one of the like basic colors and also have the um the Pokemon one. You're gonna get. Let's be honest. You're gonna get all three basic colors and the Pokemon one. They're yeah. gonna be all there in your collection. I fucking love you, man. <laughs> you know. And when I when I find it at a flea market five years from now for twenty bucks, I'm gonna kick myself for getting it for two hundred. But let's, you know. I yeah, but what now. if it's the other way around? Like I always, uh, it, it, I, uh, sorry, let me start again. 
the thought came up when Pete was talking earlier about like how he, he slimmed down his collection, and I was thinking like, man, what if you sold something and then like five years later you saw it and it was like worth a grand now? It happens. Yeah. I that know. would be heartbreaking. Like, and that's why I always tell people to collect without, like, the... Obviously, you have to think about the money because it costs money to do it. But don't think about... Like, don't try and get rich off of it. Mm-hmm. You know, try not to think about, like, oh, I have to get this because I know for a fact it's going to be double in value. You know, I know yeah. earlier I said, like, I like to get things that, you know, I think might be harder to find. But that's because they're harder to find, not expensive. Yeah, I, I don't buy things with the intent to sell, Right. Like right. that's my thing is I don't think and a lot of people do though yeah it's, I don't think you should collect ugh. with the intent that you're gonna make a million dollars on something you should buy something because you want it and if it's worth something eventually and you don't want it anymore that's when you sell it yeah agreed because anything I got rid of I got rid of because I didn't have any emotional attachment to it anymore right you know so and I don't think anything I got rid of was gonna really be worth anything you know just don't you know don't don't look back <laughs> yeah right don't don't check throw up the blinders like my, yeah. my boyfriend looked up the um the power rangers figures he had as a kid <sighs> they were they were still boxed at his parents house no and about 10 years ago his, his parents gave them away no they were worth hundreds oh, that's no. such that's the worst <laughs> that's heartbreaking parents who do that shit are the fucking worst man <laughs> <laughs> like no shaded his parents they're probably nice people <laughs> But like, yeah. God damn, they were in the box for a reason, mom and dad. <laughs> that was my nest egg. I could have paid yeah. for a whole tank of gas. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah, one tank of gas. <laughs> Shout out to the After Dark the other day. <laughs> no, Patreon. But, it, but it's true. Yes, yes. Plug. Um, it's it's hard not to think about the money. Yeah, it comes you know. up. Yeah. You know what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. But I, I feel like you're far more likely to overpay for something and then realize it's ultimately worthless than the other way around. That's yeah. that's usually how you that goes. You know what? It's it's the memories. You know, yep. it's got it's got to be worth it to you. And if it's worth it to you, that's the point. Absolutely. I, that to me is like the right collector's mentality. Um, yep. But on that note, we need to wrap this up because it's getting real long in the teeth here. Um, so thank you, DJ, again for joining us here. Um, I'd love to make this a more regular occurrence whenever Pixel goes out for cigarettes and never comes home. Oh, I would like that too. Great. But, uh, you know, shout out to Pixel. Miss him. Yeah, yeah. RIP, <laughs> wherever he is. <laughs> uh, speaking of Pixel, you should absolutely go check out his excellent uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 analysis video. It is 47 minutes of just deep, deep analysis of what's going on in Breath of the Wild 2's teaser trailer. Uh, he thinks that he has found the true solution that many, many people have missed. Uh, so you're going to want to go check that out so that when he's ultimately proved right, you can be like, well, I knew it all along because I follow loop pots. Or if he's wrong, you can rub it in his face. It's a win-win. So go check out the video. Subscribe to the channel. Click the notification bell while you're there. Keep your eyes peeled for our Dream Daddy Let's Play next week. Go and visit us at twitch.tv slash looppots and follow us over there. Follow at looppots on Twitter. Visit us at looppots.com and check out our news, reviews, all that other stuff. We'll see you next week for another episode of the Potscast. I love you very much. 